Welcome to another episode of Cranked and Ranked, where we rank bands, discographies, and other kinds of rock and metal related lists of whatever we come up with. Um, today we're doing a band, and as usual, uh, I am Steven, or Old Head, depending on what you want to call me, and joining me as usual is Mr. Eddie Sparks. Yo! And, uh, and Eddie, like, the important thing that I got to tell you before we start... I don't know if you know this or not, but they're trying to build a prison. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right. Jesus Christ. I have a feeling this is going to be an episode where one or both of us is doing a lot of trying to do the kind of vocals that this band does. We're, we're, going, <laughs> yeah. we're going to be making fools of ourselves doing silly things with our voices. Today we are going to be talking about um, the... Uh, I guess they can, they're considered an American rock band, but they're all Armenians. Uh, System of a Down, uh, the I would just call them alt metal. Like they, I think they're the epitome of alt metal. Like if you were gonna make a band yeah. that sounded like alt metal all the time, I think System of a Down is that band. Um, so yes, System of a Down. Uh, uh, we're going a little bit more modern now. Eddie actually just reminded me that even though we are going more modern, the last System of a Down album was 15 years ago, which makes me feel very old. <laughs> but yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and so um, yeah, so we're so they started in in you know the late 90s, and uh, man, that's a that's a really short run. And they, as far as we know, um, they're pretty much done. Um, who knows? Never say never, of course. But for right now, when we're doing this in 2020. System of a Down is not really a band, and um, I, did they officially break up, or or is it just been a silence from their output? I I feel like didn't they split following or or hiatus rather after Hypnotize, and then they came back in like the early 2010s, did a bunch of shows, yeah. Uh, and like now it's kind of just all over the place it's all just kind of word of mouth who knows but you know what they're i guess they're the the dynamics of the band are as chaotic as the music i guess and um yeah so yeah this will be an interesting one to, to take on a more modern band this time and uh we're only dealing with five albums so um this will be a one-parter uh, and so uh yeah <laughs> um so as usual uh I, I guess we can talk about where where we came into the story with this band um which is um I got into the band on their first album. Um, I heard the song Sugar on the radio. And I was wow. like, why is something this fucking weird on the radio? <laughs> and then I went and bought their first album. And I became a fan very quickly. Um, how, how about you? They, this was a band that started while you were alive. Yeah. It's, um, I just, I just want to say that there's like a charming early discovery feeling to System of a Down's music for me because next to Ramstein they were one of the first metal bands that introduced me to the genre so Ramstein's Du Hast was like the first song where I was like wow what is this and then <laughs> I heard I heard Cigarro and I was totally sold and 
Oh, yeah. so this was get... so this wasn't until like 2005 or 2000. Yeah, to the 2005 area. Well, you're you're actually because um, what was it? I got into metal right at the start of 2010. Oh, like, yeah. So because for for me, you know, I would have still been seven in 2005. I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah, so so for me, of course you know your own um, age. Why would I question that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just such a wild thing to think though that there was only five years between hypnotize, mesmerize, and hypnotize, and me getting into metal. Yeah, and now there's a fifteen year gap from their last album to now. Yeah, and ten ten years of that I spent gradually getting into more and more rock and metal until I became the absolute mastermind that I am now. Sweet. But, so, um, so System of Down has a little bit of a, of, a, of a place in molding you in the beginning, getting, getting you ready. Big time. It, it, it goes, I'd say like the lineage of me actually getting into metal goes as follows. Ramstein, System of a Down, Metallica, and then I just branched out from from that point but ramstein and system of a down and metallica are are very sentimental to me in in the early few years yeah of of me or at least the early months of me being a metalhead that's what yeah i think that's probably why metallica and anthrax are both really special bands for me because they were they were early on in my metalhead years um, yeah. All right. Well, yes, but but yes, we're talking about System of a Down today. So so as usual, we're going to start ranking these albums um, from least great to most great because uh, uh, in this particular case, I think they have a pretty solid collection of albums. Um, so sure. as usual, Eddie, just get us started with your number five. Okay. So for my number five, after much deliberation and thought and trying to mull over an entire, you know five albums of strong work to be honest yeah. it was it was hard for me initially to kind of place these because i was like they all have their moments but for me solely based on the fact that it is the least consistent of them i had to go with steal this album at number five all right um, so it's kind of, I, I did a li- I dipped my toe into a little bit of research because I do remember certain things about this album. Yeah. Um, it's kind of rumored to be a collection of toxicity B sides, even though it does f- it to me, it feels like it, it's like a lost album that belongs between the first one and toxicity because a lot of this album's tracks from what I gathered wouldn't have kind of fit the continuity of toxicity but might have on the first album there they feel like slightly less refined and a little more out there so it it does it does give me like the 1998 albums kind of vibes at points but it also has a lot of toxicities um vibes too but yeah um, it definitely yeah. does they 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 claim that that it's just because they wrote so many songs and recorded so many songs during the toxicity sessions that they had to just choose, I guess, what they thought were the strongest. But I think they all, they, from what I've read, they consider these still to be strong songs. And I guess for the most part they are. Um, 
But I guess the, at the end of the day, you, you if you have that much material and you don't want to put out a double album, then you got to pare it down. So the, then the rest goes here. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I think as well, a, f- a couple of the band's members have said that it's their favorite System of a Down release. Which, which I, I would think that at, as a as a band, when you when you've wrote, written, and recorded so much stuff, um, I, I almost feel like if that if that was me, I would probably most enjoy the kind of underappreciated or more glossed over album of what I had done. Yeah. Um, because it seems like if they if they pumped out all this much stuff to where they had another like how many tracks are on are on Steal This album? It's it's like fifteen or something like that. Um, yeah. 16 songs if you if wow. you were pumping out that much shit it must represent a high point in in creativity and and stamina and or whatever just the just the drive of the band like they, they clearly uh were having a, a really great time and so it's probably why it probably sounds like that to them oh for sure and um yeah it, it, it is very much because you know, when I've been a fan of a band for a long time and then go back through and listen to their albums, I tend to appreciate the deep cuts a little more than I do the actual, like, big tracks. Yeah. Like, one that sticks out to me is um, Ride the Lightning. I know it's a little bit of a tangent, but on the album Ride the Lightning, if there's one song that's actually become a skipper for me, it's, it's Bells. I don't know how it happened because I love that song. But I've heard it so many times. I'd rather hear the album's deeper cuts. Yeah, I think just that's a song that comes up a lot. Like not only yeah. not only it's a song that you 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 hear on rock radio here still, and and they play it a lot live. So I think that happens unfortunately with songs that are um, really great songs. But it is that thing where people say it's overplayed, and sometimes yeah. you just can't escape it. Sometimes you can't escape, especially when you're a huge fan. Sometimes you can't yeah. escape the overplaying of a particular song. And so I totally get that. It, it happens, and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I'm going to go into my track by track for Steal This Album. Cool. Cool. So, uh, you know, it, it wastes no time getting into the action. If you've been listening to the show previously, you all know that I'm tempted to pull out the famous pizza analogy. But I feel like they had it covered with the first <laughs> track on <yeah>. this album. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I forgot to write down the name of the first track. It's, What's it's the first track called? Ch- Chicken Stew. Chicken Stew. Yeah, there we go. Like they pretty much list off the ingredients for a pizza. So yeah, it, it, from what it, I, from, yeah. from what I gather from the lyrics, it sounds like it's a song that was written about seeing a commercial for pizza and deciding that you really wanted pizza because of it. <laughs> I'm, at least that's how you know, I would like to see it. That's the thing with with System of a Down. They have songs that have like really really deep political statements, and then other times you think, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah. Like they've got one on here about meeting David Hasselhoff. That's that's my favorite one. I think probably on the whole album. Yeah, um, but I'll, I'll I'll get to that bad boy in, in a moment. Chicken stew so is I've definitely got... an interesting way to start because it the, the wackiness starts off right away. Like they don't. Oh, there's sure. no. It's like they're literally just like here here have the have the let's go ahead and and blow this out and then we'll get into the rest of the yeah. album. <laughs> yeah, there's no easing anyone into it. No. It's just straight up bang right in your face yeah but then then you get inner vision 
which is classic System of Down. You know, that dynamic and syncopated groove paired with Serge Tankian's excellent ear for melody and harmonies. You know, for such a chaotic band, they're extremely melodic in, in what they do. Yeah. And um, then you got Bubbles. Uh, it's a pounding track with the classic spooky verses and heavy chorus sections. You know, I, I feel like this album so far does have more in keeping with their debut than the more slightly more evolved sound of Toxicity. And that could probably come from the fact that Toxicity sounds like an evolution, whereas this sounds like the lost album in between. Yeah. Um, then you get Boom, you know, serves in a, as an anti-war anthem and boy does it hammer at home and if i remember um, right there was a video for that that i th- i think there was i yeah. think that it was the band at a protest or something i don't really remember but yeah i have vague memories of a video for that yeah um and it, and it just goes to show that you know you can have a song about fucking pizza and then you know a, a, a song about war and they both come off extremely convincing. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's something that this band does incredibly well. Um, New Guns has an awesome section in it using a bunch of, uh, at the risk of sounding uncultured, uh, world music instruments. I'm not, I don't know specifically, I, th- I think there's a mandolin in there, but I don't want to call anything the wrong thing. But um, yeah, there are definitely some, you know, they they just bring in so many other influences that I think really sets them apart from the crowd. Yeah, they they do, and and I I'm I'm going to say without knowing too much about the Armenian culture, but it really does yeah. it does seem like those guys um, bring a lot of that into their music with instrumentation yeah. and melody, like melodies on the guitar and and especially vocally. It seems like there's a lot of it's it's it seems you know from a different culture style of of melody and also it's, i guess it's important to point out that it's an odd thing that these are all all four of the members are armenian but they all mm. met in america and so <laughs> yeah. so it's one of those things where i i haven't you know read a bio on the band or anything i just know vaguely that they you know they they all like went to the same school or something and, and, you know, but it's, it's one of those things where the fact that, that, you know, those people all came together, then you would have to think that their, their culture is very important to them, how they, they are this entity of Armenian Americans. And so the fact that that's in all of their music, I think that that makes it even more of a unique band. Like, you know, nobody sounds like system of a down and it's because it's those four individuals making this music. Definitely, like you, you, you can tell, I, you can tell with System of a Down that, yeah. that they are just so unique. Uh-huh. You know, even down to, down to every element of of their music. You know, you, I don't think there really is any other band that sounds like them. Like the guitar tone is unique, the style of their writing is unique, uh, the vocals especially are extremely distinctive. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, and then you get uh, American Dream Denial, like ADD. That That's a good one. Uh, I love that song. Uh, you know, it's, it's borderline punk in places, you know, with these groove metal sections and quieter moments with this, um, again, kind of like Armenian Edge, for want of a better word. Um, 
but one it's it's one of my favorites on the record then you get mr jack yeah it kind of gives me echoes of spiders from the first album in the intro mm-hmm. and uh it's one of the album's more vibey tracks and then you get ah which which actually reminded me of um roots era sepultura at points and <laughs> yeah. the that that chorus is meant for stadiums and the night rider references bring me a great deal of joy too yeah like absolutely when i considering i knew the background of the song and then when those sections came in i was like oh this is this is fucking cool yeah (laughs) yeah um 36 is the shortest track in their catalog at just 46 seconds and it's just this flurry of aggression and then it's gone uh <laughs> pictures is is another one of those tracks that i will i would 100 percent expect from system of a down um highway song feels a bit more chill but this is chill by system of a down standards so it's it's not too chill uh it definitely has its explosive moments um fuck the system firing on all cylinders at this point you know that they're going full-on heavy and full-on weird the vocals are mad and the song matches its insane feel like you may even notice that i'm i'm even giving the lowest pick a ton of praise because it is an immensely strong body of work and i i think it's unfair that these guys tend to get lumped in with the new metal thing when in actual fact that's probably based solely on when they came out because oh, had yeah. they come yeah. out, there, there are new metal elements, I guess. But I, but yeah, I don't think that they fit in at all. Like it's, yeah. it's they, they definitely, and they're, they're definitely their own thing. But also, you made up a good point that we're we're talking a lot about the the last album in the list, and um, the at the end of the day, the the most difficult thing about doing this ranking was the fact that you are ranking system of a down albums against system of a down albums. And so, and so it just like, just like all the best episodes that we do, you have to start picking at things that normally maybe you wouldn't have even given a second thought to, but in this particular forum it's like all right well then now we're now we're really going to see how how we feel but we're still living in the world of of system of a down yeah it's it's just they really are their their own thing like i I don't think i've ever heard any band that has replicated the the sound of this band because they somehow at points feel chaotic and all over the place but extremely tight at the same time and there's something I noticed that the um, drummer in particular, they tend to have their hi-hats as open as possible and quite loud in the mix. Yeah. And it kind of adds this like extra movement here that's going on. Holy fuck. Like this, this is really going nuts. Yeah. And it's only the hi-hat, but it adds so much because not a lot of metal bands really do that. They tend to keep their hi-hats lower in the mix. But with this band, <laughs> they're goddamn... But yeah, e- Ego Brain feels more controlled and moodier than a lot of the preceding tracks. It's a nice change of pace. Then um, you get Theta Waves. Again, another one of those tracks I would expect from the band. Roulette is a fully acoustic track. Um, totally took me off guard, mm-hmm. which was another change of pace. And I really like it when when they do these like 
totally slow, sincere sounding ballad kind of tracks because it because it it does remind you that you know this isn't just a terracotta pipe, a terracotta pipe band, <laughs> you know. I it it I like does that remind song. you. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. it. I love it too. That's a different. Um, that's a different album though. But I like that song. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so good. I remember the first time I heard that. We'll get to that one later. Yeah. But goddamn, that that was a that was an amazing day. The day I <laughs> heard that song. <laughs> but yeah, um, Streamline uh, closes the record. With uh, with an off kilter groove, which I believe is in five eight at some points, which for our non musician friends is known as an odd time signature, yep. uh, which means that instead of four four, for example, where you're counting one two three four, you're actually counting one two three four five one two three four five one two three, which you know when you get behind a drum kit and try and play that is incredibly strange feeling yeah. but um it it creates this i'm not 100 percent sure it's five eight but um that was what i was counting at the time uh it just creates this weird feel that doesn't feel danceable but rather fucks with your brain uh but it, it's it's a good closer to be honest you know one last mind fuck uh from this unfortunately least cohesive album so here it sits at number five but still you know, for me, that would this album would still be a strong, you know, four stars out of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um it, it's a uh, it's a great album, but but um but yes, it is also my number five, um and it for all the same reasons. Um, it really not only I mean you covered it. The the tracks seem a little bit half baked at times, like they 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 were first draft versions that were recorded and finalized. You know. Um, and not only that, the, the, the running order, the, the, the sequencing of songs is, is really weird because of the fact that like you start off with chicken stew, which is out of right out of the gate, really wacky and, and off the wall <laughs> and energetic. And then the second track intervision sounds more like a track that would come in at like number six or number 10 on an album. Yeah. So all of a sudden it's this weird sort of like, okay, um, I, I guess. And um, once again, like this is only comparing this to other System of a Down albums, but really when you dig into it, it, it really does sound like a collection of B-sides or leftover songs, um, whether the band likes that or not. <laughs> it's just uh, <laughs> one of those things. And also, and you didn't mention this, but um, for those that don't know, the album is called Steal This Album because yeah. this is around the time that a lot of shit was getting leaked to the internet before it was supposed to come out. And this happened to this Napster. album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Napster days um, before uh, Lars Ulrich took care of that. And then, um, yeah, so the band decided to release it to finish it up. And I guess they, you know, finished mixing it and mastering it and then released it under the title, steal this album. And even the cover of it just looks like a CDR that you would get back yeah. in the day that you would, and it's got the marker written, you know, album title yeah. and name on it. And so I kind of like that aspect of it, that they just rolled with it and said, all right, fuck it. You know, because that was happening to everybody. I remember around the same time, there was like a Weezer album that got leaked early. And so they quickly put it out. And that was just yeah. a thing where all of a sudden you realized, Oh shit, you can't trust these people that work at these studios because <laughs> they're just going <laughs> to put shit online. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that along with that also brings this, this, 
feeling that it was rushed and wasn't necessarily meant to come out maybe in the form that it was released. Um, But um, another big thing about this album is that whereas their, their most successful albums, in my opinion, um, there, there were really well-crafted standout songs Whereas in this, it's just standout moments within songs. There's yeah. there's a lot of good ideas here and there, but other kind of whatever ideas at the same time in the same song. Um, but it is it is a very enjoyable album. Um, it just feels scattered and um, unfocused, I guess. But I mean, f- for for what it is, you know, I'm 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 always going to just listen to it with the idea that it is um, leftovers from toxicity. And that, that honestly makes me enjoy it more. If I really thought that yeah. they, this was a, f- a fully formed album that they intended to put out, then I would go, all right, well, you guys kind of, kind of blew it <laughs> on this yeah. one. Um, it would feel like a step back, wouldn't it? Yeah. Cause it's not, it is, the quality is not there. Um, uh, for, nah. f- overall, we, we talked about standout tracks on this, but, um, uh, but yeah. And, but they're, at the end of the day, when you're when you're talking about a, a high level of quality that System of a Down put into everything, one of them's got to come in last, and this is where we uh, we start off with with uh, steal this album. So, um, yeah, not a whole lot more to add to that. So we can go ahead and move on down the line to your number four. I just want to know one last thing about Steal This Album. Okay. How many how many copies of it do you think were stolen and the person who stole it tried to legitimize it with the title of the album? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, they said I could take it. They said I could steal it. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know, but um I mean I'm assuming I'm assuming the band ended up making a good amount of money off of it anyway. So Yeah. Um maybe they didn't, who knows? But I mean it's still backed by a by a major label. So I feel like at the end of the day, especially by this point in the band's career, I feel like that the record company probably ate a lot of the loss. So, yeah, but yeah, true. Let's move on. Okay, cool. So at number four, I've gone for hypnotize. Okay. Um, so the second half of the kind of double album they released in 2005, um, Darren uh, Malakian sings almost as much as Serge on this album, yeah. too. Uh, he'd started singing more and more with each subsequent album. But if you're a um, Darren Malakian, I, I, if that's his surname, I believe. Yeah. Malakian? D- yeah, Darren Malakian. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, this is or the Duran. album for you. If- it could be Duran, but either way. Duran Duran. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he said it. I didn't. (laughs) So, yeah, starting off, Attack does exactly what it says on the tin. Explodes (laughs) pretty much immediately before going into a melodic section, which builds up to the insane style of metal that System of a Down plays. Uh, It shows off the quiet slash loud tendencies, which are integral to the band's sound you know that they're a very dynamic act um dreaming also wastes no time getting to the fast-paced yet melodic craziness they do so well um then you get kill rock and roll uh which feels 
Tamer, by comparison, uh, it does still sound like System of a Down, but it's more on the alt-rock side than the metal side yeah. of the band. And I will say, I did get Mike Patton vibes from the Eat All the Grass section, mm-hmm. especially the Accidents Happen-like yeah. part. Really reminded me of something like Land of Sunshine. Like, here's how to order I, I have a feeling but, that these guys are Faith No More fans. Um, yeah. I, I, like, I, I would never... They don't... I, don't, I wouldn't think they borrowed anything from Faith No More, but there's a similar aesthetic to some of the stuff where you feel like they're like-minded individuals or something like that. Yeah, and it's again, it's like that kind of weirdness, but it works kind of thing, you know? I feel like that's something that's very prominent in like the alt-metal sound is, is being weird, you know, having something that does set you apart, even if it is... That shit crazy. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's probably important to point out too that I don't, I can't think of a band that's as weird and unusual, you know, away from the norm as System of a Down that is as popular. Like they are probably the best example of a band that was popular, like, you know, million selling or more than that, but yet if you play this for like, you know, old folks, they would have been like, what is this noise and nonsense that you're listening to? Like it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, I feel like if the new metal thing wasn't happening, system of a down would not have had the career that they had. And, and so I really do think that it was the environment that allowed for this really odd band. Because at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're weird and they do odd things in a lot of their songs, but you can't deny how talented and tight of a band they were. So I think the, oh, the God, fact yeah. that they were allowed to rise up you know, within this new metal pool of bands, um, I think that was, they, they, owe, they owe their career probably to Korn and other bands like that, you know? yeah yeah totally um yeah i I suppose it did i mean in the 90s you had an incredible amount of music that was influenced by the likes of you know faith no more or even mr bungle yeah and you can definitely tell that had had the alternative thing not happened then alternative metal definitely wouldn't have happened um, it's, it's that it's the butterfly effect thing we're talking about yeah. here. <laughs> one one <laughs> thing changes, and all of a sudden, we don't have system of a down. It's so weird to imagine a world where they are just another metal band because I can't I I can't separate the the uniqueness from this band because they even even when they're do, just doing straight up metal riffs, yeah, they're they're still incorporating their own unique take on it. I think it would be impossible for, for them to make anything generic. Yeah. Well, I, I think also when you're dealing with Serge Tankian's vocal approach, and then at this point in the band, also I'm going to call him Duran, uh, Duran <laughs> Malakian's vocals. They're both very weird sounding vocalists. Like they're, they don't have, yes. they don't have, well, I mean, I guess at times Serge's vo- vocals are kind of beautiful, but for the most part, they don't have pretty polished vocals. Like they have odd sounding no. tones to what they do. So even when they're trying to make a straightforward song, those two dudes doing vocals over it, it's already going to yeah. be an odd you know, pairing of sounds. 
Definitely. And, you know, the, the, the vocals being the focal point of the song, really, you know, with, with, they are the human connection, really, yeah. when it, when it comes to the listener. Especially for you your, know, they for are, your average music listener, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we hear guitar parts and think, oh, that's really cool. But like the average person would be like, wow, the, the, this guy's spitting some straight facts. You know? <laughs> but um, yeah, it, I, I do have a little bit of a funny story about my uh, uh, coming up with uh, System of a Down. So we come to the title track, Hypnotize, mm-hmm. which is a song I'll never be able to divorce from the Heavy Metal Farmer YouTube video from like 12 years ago. And it borrowed its intro very much so from the clean guitar intro of this song. Okay. And every time I hear it, all I can think of, it's going to go into this next part with a dude with a bunch of cows just going, Tractor! <laughs> and I should... <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, a funny, it's a funny video. I'll, I'll send it to you at some point. Okay. Yeah. Um, just look up Heavy Metal Farmer and you'll see what I mean. All right. And stack it next to this song. But yeah, it's still a great song nonetheless. Yeah. Um, Stealing Society exhibits serious thrash influence uh tentative has a dissonant and maniacal tremolo picked riff paired with more melodic sections you know i think this is the most melodic of all their records it de- it definitely has a lot more mid tempo less wacky song parts yeah um, i i guess yeah mm. and then uh you fig lulls you into this false sense of security before blowing you away, you know, kind of alternating between open and melodic to extremely tight on those trills. Um, Holy mountains actually has real echoes of, um, aerials from a few years before mm-hmm. it, albeit like much more upbeat in parts, but still, still very much within that kind of ballpark. So if you like the aerials, you should like this song. And then we come to the absolute fucking masterpiece of <laughs> vicinity of obscenity, which is the most Mr. Bungle thing outside of Mr. Bungle. Because it is, I, I can't think of, again, I know I've said this a few times, but I can't think of anyone aside from System of a Down that could rival that much of insanity and still manage to pull it off convincingly. Yeah, But like, it takes some serious balls to be on a major label and be able to say, you know, banana, 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 terracotta, banana, terracotta, terracotta pie. Yeah. <laughs> like all of those weird fucking vocal parts. Yeah. And, like very few bands could get away with this, but System of a Down is one of them. Y- yeah. And, and, and well, and, and since we're talking about this song, I, it, it's, it's, Probably my favorite on this album, but the, yep. the the thing that I like about this song is that it harkens back to uh, vocally, especially to what they started with their first album. Because if you look at the at the history of the band and how their music progressed, Serge yeah. Tankian 
didn't do so much weird vocal stuff in every song. Whereas the first album, I'm pretty, I think every song he does something that you didn't expect that he didn't do on another song. And then later on, he got a little more into being a little more melodic and left a lot of that behind. But then you get songs like this where not only does it have the, you know, the odd lyrics already, but then he, like you said, he makes like weird noises and stuff in it. And I'm all like, yeah. oh, I miss that stuff. I want him to do that more. Like I like, <laughs> I like the unpredictable Serge Tankian where you're just like, you know, I don't know what noise he's going to make this time on this verse, you know? <laughs> just like a, <laughs> or like yeah. a, <laughs> yeah. like, just anything he can come up with. <laughs> yeah, this song this song is is like what is it? it's like less than three minutes long, but it is um it is in a totally enjoyable two to fifty one or whatever it is. <laughs> Definitely one hundred percent. And if you've never heard this song, be prepared because it's gonna it's it's gonna leave you with some questions. Terracotta pie. Hey, Terracotta pie. Hey, banana, banana, banana. <laughs> Don't get me started. I'll do the whole thing. <laughs> But yeah, um, she's like heroin, breaks out the spooky. Uh, Darren's nightmare circus-like delivery here, mm-hmm. accompanied with the music, is scary as hell. Lonely Day is a well-written system of a down ballad with all the elements that make a good one. We get a guitar solo too, awesome. which is and I and I, I just I can't I can't leave it alone. I can't leave alone the fact that there is <laughs> grammatical errors in the in the chorus I, <laughs> the most loneliest day of my life every time i hear it i go no no <laughs> it's just the loneliest day of your life the most is already in the s part god damn it but you know what that's fine it's fine but but, every, but it, I, did. I would be lying if i said it didn't bother me every time i hear it but it does it bothers me every time it's kind of like um on Broken, Beaten, Scarred by um, Metallica, where he goes, what don't kill you, make, make you more, more strong. strong. But I like that for some weird reason, because I yeah. feel like that was intentional. <laughs> like they, yeah. like it's supposed to be like a, like a, 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 I don't know, like, like a, like a Cro-Magnon man yelling kind of thing, you know, <laughs> what don't kill me, make me more strong. Fair. But uh, but in this case, I feel like it was just an error where they they didn't realize that it was it was grammatically incorrect. But you know what? I'm that person that everybody hates because I'm all like it's th- it's there, not there. <laughs> yeah, and, and I feel like we've all go we've all got a grammar Nazi in us somewhere. That's <laughs> mine. Mine comes out even in even in the best. You know, the, my best days, I'll hear a song and I'm like, this song is amazing, but it still has a grammatical error in it. Fucking <laughs> Live and Let Die has a fucking grammatical error in it that bugs me every time I hear it. In, in this ever-changing world in which we live in, in which we live in, he says in it. You already said in the first time. You don't say in again. Paul McCartney, this, if that is your name. <laughs> All right, well, I'm Wait, sorry. This is... This is the podcast equivalent of just getting hung up on semantics at this point. <laughs> at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Lonely Day is a is a great song. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it, if you can look past the grammat- grammatical errors of it. But yeah, and then finally wrapping up the double album kind of thing that they did with these records. It, is it a double album or is it a load reload situation? So... 
the fact that they weren't released together, they were like six months apart, le- yeah. leads me to believe that they were supposed to be considered on their own. Uh, like, right. like, like companion albums that are supposed to be enjoyed as their own thing. At least that's how, that's how I see them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Soldier Side concludes this um, duo uh, calling back to the opening track of the previous record. Uh, it's a good song. It ends ending a good album. But uh, the ones above it in the ranking are even better. So that is my take on Hypnotize. I absolutely agree with you. And I am on board with your number four. It is also my number four, Hypnotize. Hey. I, I have a feeling that right now anyone that's ever done a System of a Down ranking is also exactly the same as the <laughs> two of us. It seems, it seems kind of obvious. Um, we'll see where we yeah. go from here, though. But... Um, yeah, so hypnotize. He, he, we've already talked about it. He talked about it. It was, it's, it's the, it's the last System of a Down album, and which is now fifteen years old. Um, and I, I remember when this one came out because it was, it was touted as being the more melodic of the two. Uh, the first one being Mesmerized, which came out six months before. Um, and honestly. Uh, that's true to a point because there are, like we said, more melodic and sort of not, it's straightforward more so than anything else they've put out more often. Um, but that being said, the, the melodic parts on this album are nowhere near as good as the melodic parts on their previous, some of their previous albums. So I think that, um, it, it, some of it is just not as good when it's when you're holding it up to the standards that's been set by System of a Down already. Um, so the the one thing that every time I listen to this album that kind of comes out for me is the fact that the songs are um, um, uh, lopsided to me because the songs will have either a really killer verse that pulls you in or a really killer chorus but the other half is always kind of like oh that's that's not as good and it it, it more yeah. so happens where you'll have this this verse where you go oh this song and then it breaks into the chorus and you go oh that's it that's that's all they <laughs> they did with the chorus and so there's yeah. this weird there's a lot there's a lot of that on this album and so just like with steal this album as much as they don't they will never probably come out and say this. I feel like all of the strongest material is on Mesmerize and other stuff was just put on Hypnotize. Um, and yeah. it just so happened that some of those songs were the more melodic ones. And so you get to say, oh no, there are two different experiences. It's a more energetic one and a more melodic one. And that's fine at the end of the day. But just like with Load and Reload, I really do think that you could take the best elements of both and make one amazing album. Um, yeah. But if you're a System of a Down fan, especially now where it's been 15 years, it doesn't look like we're getting anything else from System of a Down. The fact that we have these five separate albums, it feels very different now. Now it's like, okay, well, well at least they put these out. At least they didn't cut half the songs out and then you know we didn't get a fifth album or whatever. Um, yeah. So... I think the when it comes to this, 
and the fact that it's the last album they put out, the the thing that that really bothers me about this album is the fact that it seems like they've kind of blown their wad when it comes to yeah. the kind of stuff that they can do. So listening to this album, if you're already a fan and you've already listened to all of other stuff and you know their other stuff well, it seems like for a band that is considered so weird and out there that it seemed like they had no limits to the wackiness that they could pull in or the ideas they could pull in. This album really makes me realize, oh, there were limits. They, they, they had a wider area they were, they were dealing with and they were willing to pull from. But at the end of the day, there wasn't as far as they could go. There was a, there was a, a border that they didn't cross and maybe they couldn't or didn't want to, but I feel like they pushed themselves to a point and then they went, nah, that's as far as we're going to go. Now we're just going to play with these elements that we have already done and mix them up in different ways. Um, yeah. Which still like we're, like we've said at the end of the day, they're still a unique as fuck and made nothing but really great albums. Um, this one just, um, has too many moments that aren't great. And um, may- maybe they were burnt out at- for doing so many songs again because, you know, it seems like they're a band that are real prolific or, or at least they have a huge burst of creativity when they're doing albums and they're like, holy shit, we've got uh, 25 songs. What do we do with them, you know? Um, yeah. So um, it could be that that this is the tail end and they were kind of like, you know, feeling a little fatigued. Um, but otherwise it, it's a very welcomed and entertaining album that only in comparison with the three we're going to talk about later, it, it are, it, it feels a bit underwhelming. And, um, and that's why it's yeah. here at the number, the number four, at least it does feel like more of an album than steal this album does. Yeah. But, um, it does, it does feel, it's still, yeah, it feels a little bit like some leftovers, some of which are pretty pretty cool you know yeah i'd say as well um just before we go into number three that they kind of you know with the exception of the first album they kind of record a shitload of material in like kind of chunks don't they because they do the you know obviously the 1998 debut and then three years go by and they've got like the combined stuff of what went on toxicity and what went on steal this album it's over 30 That's, tracks i think i think so uh, how many are on toxicity is it 12 For, no i think it's like 14 um, is it 14 is it i might be wrong let me let me look at let me get, uh, so uh toxicity it's, it's around the th- it's 14 tracks mark. so 14 plus 16 um, I don't know math, 30. so you do that. Oh, is that, is that 30? That's, Bam. <laughs> that's de- dead on 30. So, um, If my calculations are correct. <laughs> and then you get, um, obviously, uh, how many years later? Three years after Steal This Album, you get another, like, double record, you know, or at least that amount's worth. We're dealing 11 plus 12. So that's still 23. Yeah. 23 tracks. Damn. So, yeah. So, it, so that's why, you know, at the end of the day, even if you intended them to be two albums, if you're, if you're, there's going to be weaker things, even when you're an amazing band, it's, it, you know, in comparison to your own shit. So, 
And unfortunately, oh, yeah, unfortunate, sure. unfortunate for them, a podcast like this exists because <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're pointing out the shortcomings. It only took 15 years to catch up with them. <laughs> they're going yeah, to be pissed. Um, <laughs> they're going to come back with like another double record just to spite us. Yeah. Uh, you know and what? You know what? If that happened because of us, that I would feel really yeah. accomplished. <laughs> We're responsible for the return of System of a Down. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So number three at my at my number three, I've gone for 1998's System of a Down. Okie dokie. The day the debut. So this is the debut, and it gave the not so much genre, but the era. The, the new metal era, a kick in the ass it needed to branch out a little bit more. Even if the band themselves aren't new metal, they came out during that era and I feel like gave it a good butt kicking to explore a little more and, and, and maybe, you know, bring in different cultures as well and, and all sorts. You know, the, when they came out, you know, obviously... I think this this album came out like a month after I was born. So I was way too young to even know what, you know, the fucking world looked like. Yeah. Let alone um, know what System of a Down was. But um, what was your kind of, like, because you heard Sugar on the radio, didn't you? I did. Um, so there, there, it was the alternative radio station here. Oh, well, not here, in, in Austin, where I was living at the time. Um and um, the only time I ever listened to the radio was because I forgot my big old booklet of CDs. Like, yeah. I would have, I would have, you know, fifty <laughs> CDs, whatever it held, and I would always yeah. bring, I, I would bring it with me, and then I would switch CDs out and bring it back. But sometimes I would leave my house and forget my CDs, and then I would be like, "All right, I guess I'm listening to 101X, which was the radio station." <laughs> and just one day, or one evening. The the song Sugar comes on and I'm just like, there's no way this is getting played on the radio. And if it is, there's no way anyone's going to listen to this. This is too weird. Like it's <laughs> every like not. It's one of those songs that is already pretty weird and then gets weirder in the second half of the song. And I yeah. just remember being like, this is fucking great. And it was uh, honestly the the band's. I liked it when those the new, when the new metal bands did weird shit. Like I yes. I liked the you know weird guitar parts. I, I I fucking love it when when Jonathan Davis was like boom ba boom you know. <laughs> I'd be I'm like that's fucking great. So so anything that was like that seemed like it wasn't playing by the rules necessarily made me go oh I'm into this. And so I th- I'm pr- I'm pretty sure the very next day I went to the record store and bought this album. So uh, I guess I should go into my track by track. Do it. Cool. Um, so Sweet Pea is a killer opening track. Mm-hmm. Frantic and unhinged with this fucking gnarly breakdown right in the middle. And um, That's, I, mean, I love the whole song, but yeah. when it gets to that. Because uh, everyone needs a mother. mother. Fucker! <laughs> <laughs> It's so it's a, good. That's a great first song. Sure. <laughs> Especially that bass part. It's like dun 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 yeah. dun. 
I still got to give some props to Rick Rubin, the yeah. producer of the album, because he 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 makes things sound fucking heavy, and this album sounds heavy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he, he did a killer job bringing the best out of the band. You know, and then you get No, which uh, gives us an almost kind of tribal intro before going into this trademark system of a down schizophrenic alt metal sound you know that guitar tone is pure filth too mm-hmm. and the drumming in this really gives the song the unhinged feel of this first album um then we come to the aforementioned sugar which is um an absolute classic uh, those yeah. jazzy those jazzy verses give me this maniacal sense of happiness whenever i hear them and um the ending is is fucking sick too yeah in the end it all goes away <laughs> oh, it's just i so- sit in my desolate room yeah. no lights no music <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like serge said to himself okay i can do this many things with my voice and i'm going <laughs> yes. to fit them but you all see that's what i'm that's what i'm talking song. about where he was utterly unpredictable Within one song, he would do 50 different things that you weren't expecting him to do. Yeah, it's insane. It's like it, on this album, I feel like he's at his most unpredictable. Like, yeah, there are absolutely no limits. He's just going for it. You know, suggestions, jumps between spooky and explosive grooves. You know, me, me likey. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a man. There's there's so many good tracks on this album. Yeah, you know, something of note that I never realized is until I really began looking at the track listing is how short many of their songs are. You know, a yeah. good portion of their catalog is below the three-minute mark. And this band is excellent at getting a point across quickly and effectively. Yeah, you you do not... Like, like going back and looking at times, I'm like, there's no way that song is only two and a half minutes long. Like, they 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 do so much with two and a half minutes that it doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah. And it's especially considering as well, they're not really a solo shreddy band. No. They do an incredible amount of things with what they've got. You know, the, the tools in their arsenal are insanely effective. Yeah. Um, Spiders at this point in the album really shows off how good a singer Serge Tankian really is. Uh, you know, this is a departure from the previous four tracks, which played up to the nuttier side of the band, whereas this is a more tastefully composed ballad. Nonetheless, this is System of a Down, so they do break out some really heavy moments. Um, and then we get The Devil is a Lovely! Uh, with um, <laughs> Devil, uh, which comes in at one minute 43, making it... which my- Almost. Sorry, what were you going to say? Almost the shortest. I was just going to say that, that, that there's so many little moments on this album that I love, and it's the part that you just did, the, the devil is so lovely, and yeah. then he does that little giggle with the snort. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. the fact that the, yeah, the fact that those things are in the album, I'm just like, oh, it's so good. It's it's great. I like to think as well that that was a genuine laugh, that he he actually knew what he was doing <laughs> was fucking crazy, and they just, yeah. they just left it in because it sounded good. But um, yeah, coming in at one minute, 43 seconds, making it almost as short as Necrophobic by Slayer, which is <laughs> which is in my mind what I like to think of as like the hundred second song, like in and out in a hundred seconds. Yeah. Um, in contrast to the previous track, this one comes in hard 
and stays hard, if not gets harder. <laughs> um, yeah. Soil is exactly what I would expect from System of a Down, a frantic, syncopated groover. The solo was a pleasant surprise, though. I, I, I do like when I hear a solo from a band that isn't known for that. So when I do hear like a lead guitar part, I'm like, ooh, hello, what's yeah. this? <laughs> and then you get War, which... Um, is full of chugs. He said it that way because there's a question mark after war. Uh, I did. I did. Just in so, fact, just so everybody knows. <laughs> hell yeah! It's it's the same. It's not, as the, it's not because you're having trouble reading. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the band Therapy. Like every every time I see the every time I see Therapy, I have to I have to read it as Therapy because they. Uh, well, they, I mean, they they intended. It. I mean, why would they put a question mark there unless you're supposed to say it like that? Too right. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I fucking love that film, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to put that out there. But yeah, um, I love this song. It has a nice orchestral section about midway through, which at this point in the album is nice to hear some different sides to the band. You know, it really shows off that, you know, they can do the devil is so lovely and then do stuff like this which is just yeah. so melodic and, and insanely well put together. With a, and and a, it's, it's important to point out also that all of these songs that you're going through, none of them sound like each other, even down to the type of rhythm that's used. Yeah. Um, it, 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 they all have different approaches to this heavy music that they're making. They, they are yeah. not, they are not you know, letting you get very comfortable with one thing. And I think the beautiful thing about this album as well is it doesn't give a single shit. Like, it just does what it wants when it wants. And yeah. it, it barely repeats whatever it does in the moment. Um, and then you get... Pretty pretty, pretty bold for a first album, oh, I would say. Oh, oh God, yeah. But I think yeah. that at, at the same time, they probably thought, well, we're a bunch of Armenian-Americans and we're going to write this music we don't really know quite what we are so let's just really push the boundaries and test the waters and see what sticks yeah. but in doing that they created one of the most ambitious albums of the 90s in my opinion yeah because god damn like the songs on this are insane and then mm -hmm. you get um coming in at uh six minutes and 16 seconds uh mind is the longest track on the album. And I think mm -hmm. the longest System of a Down song, I think. You're um, probably right, yeah. Yeah, it starts off really cool and vibey. It kind of reminds me, actually, it reminds me of the Bayou level music from the game Rayman 2, The Great Escape. And if you listen oh, to that, okay. it it sounds a lot like that. It, that was a nice little vibe check for me. I was there like, this came out around the same time as Rayman 2. <laughs> Rayman 2 stole this <laughs> it's just so cool you know it, it fades out and then it comes back in with an absolute roar you know the riff when it really comes in is amazing something System of a Down do quite differently with their drum mixing like I said is having that hi-hat as open as possible and having it very loud in the mix allowing it to create this you know chaotic element to the music even during the slower parts where they're just absolutely hammering on a chord and there's still that like going on yeah like I, really I, I i almost wonder like how much of that is a choice and how much of it is the fact that that maybe john 
Dolmayan, is that his name? Um, maybe so. that's how he plays. Maybe his maybe his right hand is real heavy, so yeah. the, the hi hat always comes through really really quickly and or really boldly. And they're just like that's that's just part of our sound. He he plays that shit loud, for sure. Either way, I love it. You know, and and yeah. Pete, you get the song Peephole starts all creepy and dreamy and turns into this like nightmarish waltz, and I fucking love it. You know, this mm-hmm. is the weirdness I've come to extremely love from this band. Um, Cube, Ert, <laughs> that's, how <it's, laughs> yeah. that's how it's written. Um, it shows us that the band nailed their trademark sound on their first record. You know, this heavy, unhinged, weird, and awesome concoction of influences. You know, I would say they're arguably the most original band of the new metal era. Yeah, I I would say so. the f- The fact they managed to do this effectively with a song under two minutes is astonishing. Um, Darts feels punky while still retaining the band's unique take on metal, and Pluck or P L U C K finishes the album with a definitively System of a Down track, which has all the key elements mentioned before. It's just so. It's so ambitious and so out there and so well put together. Mm-hmm. I this is a hell of a debut. I, and I agree with you. It it blows me away, and I really need to give this album more attention in the future because it's actually one I didn't listen to as much back in the day. Oh shit! Well, yeah, you should do something about that. Yeah. Oh, for um, sure. But uh, but um, here's where we part ways, sir. Ah. This is uh, this is uh, not my number uh, three. Um, so so here's th- this is where this is we're, we're we're now passing that point where um, we're dealing with three really good albums. Yeah. So um, at the end of the day. Um, and they're all three albums that I know very well. I've heard them all three a lot. Yeah. And going through and really not only picking all the things apart that I like, that I think aren't as good, or what they perfected from here to there on what you know, whatever song it might be on whatever album, and then going along with just my absolute um uh, enjoyment, like how, like how, how do I enjoy these albums? How often do I come back to them? Which one is the one, or you know, out, that I come back to the most and work my way back? Um, so, putting all those calculations together, number three for me comes down to be Toxicity. What um, from two thousand and one? Yes, sir. Good Toxicity is Lord. my number three. Wow! <laughs> Holy shit! Which this is probably a lot of people's number one, um, and I absolutely get it. For before <laughs> anyone says it, before whoever's listening to this podcast, quit yelling at me. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're comparing System of a Down albums Steven. with System of a Down albums. <laughs> so Toxicity came out in two thousand one, a uh, a week before nine eleven. Um, wow, really? Our, a, a week yeah, before we came, the, the following week. Or the to the week after, yeah, something like that. It was like a week later. Um, so I just remember it being in. They, I equate this album with that time period because it was right, right then. Oh, for sure. And um, so 
I'm just going to jump right into it. So first, the one big uh, uh, compliment I'm going to give this album is that out of all of the System of a Down albums, Prison Song is the best opening song that they did on any album. It is so good. It is such an amazing beginning to an album. Even today, it's just so well done. And um, it's the beginning of, uh, I mean, you start hearing what I think is, is, uh, is Darren's vocals, but I don't really know. It, I just know that it's a different voice. But um, especially in Prison Song, I, I, don't, I don't think I ever heard him do vocals like this again, which is what I really love, where in the chorus he does the, for you and me to live in, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, that part. <laughs> I, I, I really love that because he found a way to make a line that on paper is very boring. If you're just looking at the paper and it says, for you and me to live in. That's what you. That's what you're saying here, Darren. You're saying for you and me to live in, and he's like, oh, okay. And then the way he spits it out <laughs> it makes it. <laughs> it's so good. So it, it begins on a very high note for me. Um, oh, for sure, yeah. So and then so okay. So there's there's no denying that there's an urgency to this album that is infectious. It 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 feels like a band um, that is kind of riding this wave of creativity and, and they're they're They can't be stopped. Like they're, they're on their mission to take over the world or whatever. Um, so when you start breaking it down, listening to the songs, a lot of the songs have the exact same structure where yeah. you will have, you will have <laughs> a heavy verse a, 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 a kind of wacky chorus back to the verse, s- quiet melodic middle part where everything kind of goes, Oh, we're melodic and <laughs> burst back into the chorus again. Um, it, it's even, even in the weirdness that is system of a down, it becomes kind of predictable on yeah. some of the songs. And not only that, the riffs, if you start listening to guitar riffs, they all revolve around similar notes down here on the lower part of the guitar. It's all just similar things. Now, now that being said, he also pulls out the weird melodic shit and syncopated kind of things that he does. And that's great because that's what makes him a unique guitar player. But there's too, there's too much of what we called on the Slayer podcast riff blur where you'll hear a riff and you'll go, I can't tell the difference between this and the song before it when it comes to this particular section of the song. So, and that's me nitpicking this because (laughs) all these songs are really fun to listen to, especially the first half of the album. But the reason why the formula and the sort of sameness of some of the riffs started to really stand out was listening to the album in sequence and then Chop Suey comes on and Chop Suey stands out like a sore thumb on this album because yeah. it is amazing songwriting. It's weird in the ways that you love System of a Down to be weird, but then it becomes beautiful and 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 and, and um, kind of a, a, a I, I don't know. It's 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 just a, a moving kind of thing in the last part of the song. The fact that they pulled all of that off, the fact that they pulled off this song that's weird at one point and moving at another point. That is why they were a fucking great band, but it really shines a light on all oh, these songs before it were just kind of like, 
kind of cool, but this is them doing like this masterpiece of a fucking song. I mean, to me anyway. And then you go right back into Bounce, which is, once again, it's still, it's just, the riff is still just down there doing the riffy thing. And, um, and, and, um, you lose vocally a lot of the weirdness of Serge Tankian. He, he's not doing weird stuff vocally anymore. He may write weird lyrics or, or have weird, um, rhythmic sort of things he's pulling off with his, with how he's saying or, or, or yelling the lyrics, but at the end of the day, um, the unpredictableness in his voice for the most part is not on this album. There's yeah. not, there's no weird things that he does. I will say the, the vocals are, with the notable exception of prison song, they do tend to feel a little bit, they, they feel a lot more reined in than they are on the first album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and, and I don't, on its own, this album is a, it's a fucking masterpiece, but, um, it, it really, now that once you, once you make it all the way through the album, cause in my, in my opinion, once you get to forest, ATWA and science and shimmy, th- the album really gets a little weak. I actually it's, love those. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's a compare comparatively to me, it loses a little bit of steam, but then toxicity, psycho and aerials all fucking great songs. So it comes back out with this really strong ending. But when you're listening to all these songs, Chop Suey, Toxicity, and Aerials, the three singles that were released from this album, those are way stronger than every other song on the album to the point where, you know, some you said that somebody said about Raining Blood that it was Angel of Death, blah, 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 and then Raining Blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This could, you could easily tell me this is Chop Suey, Toxicity, Aerials, and a bunch of other songs because yeah. they stand so far above songwriting-wise. And, and just, because at this point, songs like uh, Toxicity and Aerials don't sound like what they did on their first album. So it does bring something new to the table. So, oh, yeah. um, but it really is one of these things where this is a great album. And if somebody wanted to argue that it is their best, I probably would not say that they were wrong because it's, you're, you're dealing with such a high quality of stuff here that it's, it's a, it's a real gray area. The, the three, two, one for me are real close together. But yeah. at the end of the day, this album, to me, overall as an album, um, doesn't stand up, and I, I don't, it doesn't engage me all the way through as much as the other two on my list. So toxicity, unfortunately, lands at number three. Fair enough. I, I, I will say at this point with our top three, it is much like you hearkening back to the Slayer episode we did. Um, our top three. We're we're actually we're actually quite different because uh, I think I put Rain and Blood at third, and you yeah. put it at one, and I, I think I think this this could be a similar similar case. So could be. Which brings me to my number two, which is Mesmerize. All right. So it's actually the first half of the kind of double album they released in two thousand and five, and. It is the, in my opinion, the stronger half. Um, I agree. The, you know, the soldier side 
serves as the album's intro, not the full song, just like a, a one minute teaser of the rest of the song, which comes at the end of Hypnotize, uh, which was released six months later, I believe. Or yeah, something. yeah. This one, this one was in May of two thousand five, and then Hypnotize was released in uh, November of two thousand five. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a six month. <laughs> yep. Nice, cool. I know how I know how the calendar works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So um, I'm gonna go into the tracks just like I do. Um, Byob opens the album frantically and violently with one of the band's most well-known anthems you know that the chorus is danceable as hell and the crazy parts of the song are a classic system of a down mm-hmm. with um darren malakian's added madness like blast off let's party time <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely Im- unhinged like yeah it's Im- important to point out with that that this is the first album where you really hear Darren right along with Serge as almost like they're co-vocalists now. Yeah. It's kind of like a Gene and Paul kind of thing. Yeah. Like that's, they that's a good that is a good way to way to put it. It's totally Gene and Paul. Yeah, it at this point it's almost like they pretty much had two front men um in Serge and Darren. But yeah. Um Ravenga has tight, heavy moments with melodic sections in between. Cigaro uh, was the first System of a Down song I ever heard, and I was totally Whoa. sold on it. So yep. literally, your your intro to System of a Down is "My cock is much bigger than yours." Yep, which <laughs> blew eleven year old me away. Wow, like that's w- a good intro. That is like, a good intro to this band. Honestly, like, uh, and this is funny how it's tied to everything I've ever done in my life. It's actually the the intro music for a video from like GTA San Andreas someone had like overdubbed it and it was oh, a okay. it was this was one of those like um 2009 YouTube videos where it was like you know unregistered hypercam 2 at the top there was like a weird watermark on it and someone had recorded like 240p footage from their <laughs> PS2 and uploaded it online and anyway there's this place in the desert in um san andreas that is a giant like rock formation um but it's shaped like a dick and it's got two giant boulders (laughs) at the bottom and like a very phallic shaft pointing into the sky and uh yeah someone just made a tribute video to it and put this song in the background and i was like this is fucking awesome and This was this wasn't long after I'd heard Du Hast, so I was like, "This is another song with that really heavy guitar," and I was like, oh, "I got I got to get into this shit." And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Cigaro was the first System of a Down song I ever heard, and I never looked back. Um, besides the funny lyrics, it's actually a really fucking cool heavy song. Um, yeah. and it's, it's and it's got and it's got the the, the reintroduction of of odd vocals because yeah. the middle of the can't you see that you love my cock <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> yeah it's it's it, it's bringing back the shit that i love and that's that's uh that's yeah i love that song definitely um then you get radio video is which is a fun song 
and their ability to work instruments and songwriting techniques from other cultures into their brand of yeah. al- alternative metal is seamless. It's so cool. Um, then you get this cocaine makes me feel like I'm on this song. Uh, begins like a standard new metal track before turning into this absolutely wild track that exceeds the two minute mark by just eight seconds uh short song long title but it doesn't fuck around at all um (laughs) violent pornography absolutely fucking rules Um, there's something to be said about a about a an album where you you read a song title and your brain immediately starts singing the song yeah like you say, violent pornography, and I hear choking chicks and sodomy. I'm just like, it's that's how that's the mark of good shit right there. Definitely, and and it the thing is, it's super catchy, but it's dangerous because it gets stuck in your head, and it's got a fair few <laughs> lyrics you might not want to say in front of grandma. That's and, true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's still a sick song. Uh, question, which uh, actually has a. <laughs> exclamation mark and exclamation mark sorry i made a grammatical error there Stephen. i do apologize did you say an, an exclamation mark and an exclamation mark no i said i said a exclamation mark instead of oh an. I, I did you a better big watch out buddy i did a big fucky wucky on that one <laughs> but yeah i'll let you um, slide this time <laughs> so yeah uh question has some seriously unhinged moments and some great melodic moments too, you know. Something they do great is marrying brutality with melody, and it's done extremely well here. Sad Statue opens with this full-on thrash riff, uh, which, in my opinion, is like the best riff yet on the Mm -hmm. album. It even has a little bit of double kick, uh, and I'm going to be honest, the volume went straight up on this one you know the moment i heard it i was like oh and then it gets even heavier when he just like chugs start chugging on it and good lord the the ending is crushing um love that song and then on the complete other end of the spectrum we get old school hollywood which uh begins with some like retro futuristic synth stuff and yeah as far as the rest of the song goes, it's much more of an alt-rock song than the much more metal sound of the rest of the album. Like, yeah. it, it's different. It, it's not my favorite, but it's it's cool to hear this side of them, you know, branch out and do something really that it, it doesn't feel out of place, but feels very different. And, and it's, it's, it's cool to me, like we've said before, that the, the subject matter of their songs... They're, they're, they, there's nothing off limits. So they'll write things that are real meaningful and deep about, you know, pol- political stuff. But like you said, on, on Steal This Album, there's one where some of the lyrics were talking about a, a time that one of the members met David Hasselhoff. <laughs> and then on here, uh, old, uh, the old school Hollywood is apparently at where, where Darren apparently played a celebrity baseball game. <laughs> and it just came from that. And he's talking about just the people that were there. And I'm just like, it's so great that they can make these songs that are utterly engaging. And, and sometimes the subject matter is not deep at all. Yeah. It's just, it's just whatever. Is this about banana terracotta pie or what is it about? You know? <laughs> and that's the thing as well. Like uh, we've said it before is, is especially on like the ugly kid Joe episode where 
if a band has a sense of humor and that makes me want to hang out with the band, I will love the band that much more because I yeah. will want to know everything at that point. Um, whereas if a band tends to take themselves super seriously all the time, you know, it, yeah. it, that tends to wear me out. But if, if people, agree. if, if, if a band can turn around and say, Hey, we made this anti-war song, but we also made this goofy song about bananas and terracotta pie, you know, <laughs> I don't know if there's a hidden deeper meaning in that song, but uh, they also did Chicken Stew, which, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I don't know if they're connected, but it seems odd to have two songs with the words Hollywood in it right next to each other. Yeah. Um, Lost in Hollywood closes the album on a moody, vibey and somber note. You know, you never should trust Hollywood. It's yeah. a, it's a good ender for me. It, yeah. It's a really good ending song. For sure. You know, it, and it's one of those like really slow melodic ones that doesn't really explode. Um, which is, is a nice... Is it, so I, keep, I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. This is this cool. is that episode where I'm walking <laughs> all over you. But um, I, I, I have to ask you, Darren's vocals in the last section of this song does it sound like he's trying to do a jello biafra impression to you i didn't think about that but if you go listen to it on santa monica boulevard he's he's doing he's doing a very it sounds like he's trying to do a jello biafra impression and i'm (laughs) if if that's the case he fucking nailed it but it's an interesting choice from him at the end of the song yeah but you know that system of a down weird vocals even even at the even at the most somber song you you get <laughs> strange vocals but uh yeah so that's my uh number 2 cool with no that's your number 3 that's your number 3 is it or is it your number 2 Oh, no, yeah, that, you're right. You're number that, two. That was my, Sorry, that was, I don't that. know what just happened <laughs> in my brain right there where I was like, no, we couldn't possibly already be at number 2. Um so okay, so <laughs> what we've established i'm the math I like, guy you're the yeah. you're the english guy <laughs> ironically <laughs> ba- ba- i'm barely the english guy <laughs> um but uh so the interesting thing about these this bottom three is that we're gonna we're gonna converge here for a second and my hey. number two is also the same as your number two uh which is mesmerize so i i don't have a whole lot to add um it, it, it's the better of the two, uh, mesmerize and hypnotize. Um, I agree by by a large margin, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Byob is like I said that that prison song is my favorite opening track they did, but Byob is a close second for me. It is. Yeah. Like I know it doesn't necessarily open, but it, there's an intro, but it's the first song. Um, and there's so many twists and turns to the song. It's <laughs> yeah. just. It's urgent and it's well constructed, but it's also very surprising and jarring at times. Um, and it's another one of those things where they're so good at just fusing these different sort of genres um, into their music, and um, it's fucking great. And then, and we, we talked about them, Ravenga into Siguro into Radio Video. It's this album just is off and running, and you're just along for the ride. Um, yeah. it just, it plows forward and it's, it's, um, it's, it, to me, it's out of all their albums. It's the one where I find myself going, 
oh shit, we're already almost done. Like I, like the album pulls me along so quickly with it that I forget that I'm, oh, okay. I guess, I guess now I'm at track number nine. Like it just, you know, (laughs) it it, it pulls me along that way. Um, Even, even the, the less exciting tracks on this album are really strong songs to me. There, there's a, so, so that, so if that gives you an idea, this one ends up at number two, as much as I really love it, there are less strong songs on this album, but the way that they're, the way that they're, they're sequenced and the, the, the variety of the songs, um, it it just, this is just a really well put together album. Um, and it just feels way more inspired, um, then, like, like I said, you, 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 I was talking about how on Toxicity, they leave a little bit of the weirdness behind on a lot of the tracks, and now it's back. I feel like, like not only does the songwriting come back and be a little weirder, but also I almost feel like Darren coming in and doing vocals was a little bit of inspire of inspiration to surge to also up his game and yeah. do kind of weird things. Cause now you got these two really offbeat vocalists playing off of each other. And, um, a really important thing for me, it's, it's, it's a, it's an important thing in my relationship with system of a down system of a down is a band that, there's only a handful of bands like this, a very small handful, where if you want to talk to me about System of a Down, I will talk to you about them like they are one of my favorite bands because I love what they did and they were such a great band. But they are also a band that occasionally in my life, somebody will say, do you want to listen to a System of a Down song? And I would say, I'm not really in the mood, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Like they, there's something about them where they weave themselves in and out of my life where they'll come back and I'll go, Oh, this is so good. And then, you know, a few months down the line, I'll be like, all right, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm done with this for right now. (laughs) (laughs) But um, maybe it's, it is the chaotic nature of what they did and the push and pull of not only the songwriting, but also vocally how it makes you feel one way or another um, Mm. with what they're doing. And, and all of that is on this album. Um, and honestly, the, the song Quest- Question we talked about, um, <laughs> yeah. it, it has a, a good melodic quality that I think is way better than any of the melodic tracks on Hypnotize. Like, it, it, it's just them doing that shit and nailing it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, this album to me is the second best when it comes to consistency and quality of songwriting and just overall enjoyment and um, bringing, bringing, bringing together all the best elements of what made System of a Down the band that they were. Um, so that's why it's my number two. Awesome. His name is number two. <laughs> okay, so in at number one. Uh, I guess I haven't made it clear enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> toxicity. I had toxicity. to put toxicity. Um, for me, this was the album that I would go to um, back when I first got into um, System of a Down, which is funny because Sigaro is the first song I heard. But uh, yeah, as I as I learned um, 
my uncle didn't have that album and uh, my uncle was a big factor in me getting into this kind of music because he fucking loves rock and metal and he's uh, been in bands and things as well and you know he was he was a big part of me getting into um getting into this music so what he did was he essentially made these giant like i think they were actually on like dv dvds he managed to put like a bunch of songs onto dvds and then gave me like this stack of discs he said put these in the computer uh use this to extract them and then you've got all of my albums that i put on here and toxicity was the system of a down song and i was like uh sorry album and i thought mm-hmm. oh, i re- i recognize system of a down cool i'll jump to that first and there was a lot of stuff on there like metallica and all kinds of all kinds of things but um yeah i jumped straight to system of a down first because it was like i i recognize this i know i like it let's find out more and prison song you know for a second song to hear from system of a down like what yeah. uh great track you know it's it's a brutal smack in the face taking the sound of the previous album and injecting it with some more beef you know those guitars are fat as fuck on this album they really that is something that i didn't really bring up is the fact that the production on this album is really good yeah like it's it's probably the best produced album they put out like it's it everything sounds amazing i'd say of all the albums this is the one where the guitars sound the chunkiest mm-hmm. like like they're just this dun 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 thing dun 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 i had to do it <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do the whole song for you again right now okay here we go F- fuck it you know what let's do the whole album right now <laughs> we'll do it live <laughs> but yeah um the quieter parts still present but the heavy parts hit you know 10 times as hard as the previous record in in my opinion from a production standpoint um this also introduces uh Darren Malaki and contributing more vocals. Um but like you say he he only really does that like for you a moon 11 like yeah. style on this song. I can't think of it's any other. It's the only others. time I've heard him do that. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is which is odd cuz I feel like I've heard it more but now that I think about it no. Like it's on prison song and that's it. He he nailed it there. He didn't need to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you want that? Go to prison song. <laughs> but yeah, um, Needles track two is a yes from me. You know, this fucker bangs. Those triplets destroy anything in their path. Um, I never, I really never noticed how full the guitars are on this album until yeah. stacking them next to their debut, which while it, while it is a great debut, the guitars are nowhere near as thick as they are here. Um, then you get the, deep- the, the important thing that I think is, is interesting about this album, at least from my, from my life and my experience, when this album came out, this was a, this was an album that it's essentially a metal album that you would see all these publications that aren't metal talking about how great it was. Yeah. And I'm just like, Oh, that's, that's something right there. Yeah. You, you know, it's, you know it's good when the non-metal mags are talking metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something there. But uh, 
yeah, Deer Dance shows you that this album has no shortage of crushing guitar moments and the more melodic moments on this song are excellent too. You know, Tankian really shines here. The bridge is really cool, incorporating a mandolin, I think. But like, even if, just going back to what you said, like with the riff blur, I, it may be nostalgia kind of clouding my judgment because this was one of my first metal albums that I ever really latched onto. But I feel like I'm so familiar with the album that the riff blur doesn't occur to me. But I feel like the guitar tone paired with the riffs hits exactly how it should. And well, also, also um, that's just me being nitpicky because yeah. <laughs> there's there's enough of a difference in the rhythms and the way that the riffs are played. It's more just me listening to the notes that are being played. And aside from the little different, you know, melodic things that he does, the the chunkier parts all seem to revolve around the same notes, yeah. just played in different ways. And so really it's a it's a it's an argument that i have never made about this album until now when i needed to (laughs) (laughs) to figure out where to put all the albums yeah but like you say these top three are are pretty fucking solid yeah and this here is a solid body of work and whether or not it comes in third or first place there's no denying its power and uh you know, jet pilot the fourth excellent song in, in a row it's so badass thrash and groove elements you know even give me some pantera vibes at points um and then you get x is it called multiply though it, like because it is it, it does go we we don't need to multiply and x is the sign for multiply yeah i'm i'm assuming maybe but um that would just be me um assuming <laughs> so, um, uh, let's go, let's just call it multiply. Let's yeah. let's let's draw that line here on our podcast. So, uh, song number five on toxicity is called multiply. Hell yeah, I I like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And th- this album at this point it just doesn't let up. You know, blast beats and really cool open chord moments. You know, give this song such a boiling fury that it's in and out in under just two minutes but it beats the shit out of your ears in that time um and then you get chop suey goes without saying it's the song you know we all know it we all know why it's great i feel like i suffer with overplayed syndrome until i hear it and remember how good it really is like i get the same thing with epic by faith no more um i will say though i've known this song for 10 years at this point but it took me that long to discover that there's a piano under the verse vocals like oh, the yeah. wake up grab a brush and put a little makeup you hear like Doo-doo, underneath and i can't believe it took me 10 years to notice that but uh yeah here we are <laughs> and then you get uh jo- join me bounce pogo 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 and and you know, this is, again, another one of my favorites early on because I, I put it in the same league as um, Cigaro. And I didn't actually know he was saying Pogo at the time. I thought he was going, motherfucker, motherfucker. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Like 11-year-old me was like, yeah, say motherfucker again. <laughs> but um, yeah, either way, um, you know, everything about this just did it for me at the time. Um, Forrest gives us another 
great track. Yeah, it's a bit moodier than the last few before it, but when it explodes, it really goes off. Um, Atwa, uh, ATWA, is actually one of my favorites. Um, those vocal harmonies are haunting and soft, and then it just explodes. And uh, I think this here is a, a lesson in dynamics in a song, if ever I've heard one. You know, being able to switch between those really pretty verses and then you don't come out how I feel. I don't feel ready for it. And just so that, yeah, yeah. Oh, to, actually, to, to me, as much as I like that part, I think lyrically, that's I, I'm always like. That's all you had for that part is yeah. you don't care about how I feel. I'm actually like, I don't know. So sometimes Surge Surge's lyrics here and there on some of these albums, I go, Did you was this first draft and then you didn't bother to go back and write anything else? <laughs> so, yeah. Because so, um, sometimes <laughs> they're real, they're real fleshed out sounding, and other times it's real like doesn't quite fit the mood of the song, how simplistic <laughs> the, the vocal, the lyrics are. Anyway, what are you going to say? In that moment, then, I just realized that um, Darren does actually do uh, another one of his uh, for you and me to live in kind of things. It's uh, it's when it goes, I don't feel anymore. He, he comes oh, in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anymore. But that's Doing even this. different. That's a, that's a different thing. Even the anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he nailed weird. it, man. Oh. It's very weird. It's it's just like as well, and you wouldn't expect like a a, a guy that like sings like this yeah. <laughs> to to be able to do anymore kind of thing. Yeah. But God, it's it's just such an it, it. They're such an interesting band. Um, this to me does feel like the most consistent album, though. That that's why I kind of picked it as as my number one. But uh, I actually think Science has one of the coolest riffs ever. You know, the 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 groove on this song is mean. Uh, me likey <laughs> again. I I always I always put me likey when I'm at a loss for words at how good it is. But <laughs> yeah, you know that part where the psychedelic bit comes in with the chokes is um, awesome. Like, but yeah. that that like that real melodic run kind of you know reminds me of the sort of stuff that Metallica would do. Like those kind of chunk 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 da na 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 things. Yeah, I guess that that riff always seemed a little bit boring to me, so I never, I it didn't ever connect with me for, for when it when it compared to other things on the album. Wow. Yeah, I I I always liked science. I I I seem to be an old one out because I feel like there's there's a strong consensus from what I've seen is that people either like science or don't like it. Like I haven't seen much in between. I mean, I like um, it. Just, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you get Shimmy, which is a punky, jazzy metal track reminiscent of their previous album, uh, but with beefier guitars. I'd say this this is the closest to the first album on yeah. Toxicity. You know, Shimmy, Toxicity, the album's title track. Seriously fun song to play on drums, even if you don't know the fills off by heart. You know, I'm guilty of that myself. Um, excellent chorus, really iconic song. Um, yeah, it's it's another it's a it's a yeah. It, it, I I said it before, like the the songwriting on songs like this, it's so strong. Like how well they they 
put together those two worlds of 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 a sort of a chaos and then a beauty at yeah. the same time. Like it's it's pretty it's masterful for you know, if if I can use that term. For sure, yeah. Um, I I will agree when you say that on on a songwriting level, the album singles are on another level because yeah. I, I I do agree with that. Um, but I I do have a soft spot for this album because it was it was like it was almost. I would go so far as to say is it it, it was my first metal album, mm-hmm. like a, a full album. I mean, I knew Ramstein songs here and there, but this was the first album I latched to. And um, yeah, Psycho, another excellent track. Uh, the chorus bass at the beginning is the type of shit I live for. Um, quick side note, chorus effect on bass is one of my favorite things in music. Big fan of Duff McKagan's tone, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I I fucking love this song. You know, psycho groupie, groupie go game, go game, crazy, crazy. crazy. psycho groupie, go game, crazy, psycho, psycho groupie, go. Make sure we should do like an April Fool's upload of Cranked and Ranked, where we just do like an entire album vocally <laughs> over a Skype call, us poorly singing songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and then Ariel's again Ariel's one of the first songs I actually learned to play on guitar and uh, how I learned about drop detuning because I was playing it how the tab like plays it but I was in standard tuning so I was like this doesn't sound right and then my uncle the same uncle uh, Justin he came over and said ah what you're doing wrong is uh, this check this out. And 11 year old me was blown away. And he literally took the <laughs> E string and he went, check this out. And I was like, Whoa, how'd you do that? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of cute thinking about 11 year old me just learning how instruments worked. But uh, yeah. nonetheless, I digress. Fucking awesome song. And then finally you get this like, uh, what's it called? Like Arto, Artu, Cool um bonus track gives me um gives me roots vibes actually you know incorporating that kind of cultural aspect to the album yeah um it's it, i i never even yeah. consider that the ending of the album although i'm like oh yeah it's it's always been there especially yeah. <laughs> if, i mean if you have the cd it's always been there yeah for sure but yeah that is my number one awesome and a, and a great number one it is, but it is not my number one. If, if you've been paying attention, my number one <laughs> is their debut album from 1998, System of a Down. Um, we already talked about how I discovered this by hearing Sugar on the radio. Um, and um, it was one of those albums that I, I bought it and I listened to it nonstop for probably a few months after I got it because there's, there's so much to unpack from it because... Unlike some albums where you hear a really strong song on the radio and then you go get the album and you have to kind of realize that some of the tracks are weaker and not quite up to the standard of the single that you heard, this is not the case with this album. Um, the, The number one reason why this is number one for me is because there is not a weak track on this album. I would call this a perfect album. Yeah. It, it, It is... 40 minutes long feels longer when you think about the things that actually go on in all of the songs. 
but there is a raw urgency to this album, even in the way that the production is done. It it sounds just as unique and exciting to me today as it did in '98. And and that, and like I said, all of the 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 I didn't listen to a whole lot of metal in the late '90s, but the stuff that I did listen to was the stuff that stuck out. Like, oh, this is not like anything that I had heard before. Yeah. And obvi- obviously at this point I had already heard, you know, two Mr. Bungle albums, one very weird <laughs> one and one completely fucking weird one. And so, you know, I, I was, I was no stranger to weird music. I, I listened to things that were unusual, but in the world of music that could be considered metal, it seemed like that was harder to come by. You didn't get a lot of metal bands, that were that seemed schizophrenic in their approach and um i don't know it's it's just an interesting listen even even today um and also i think that this album also reminds me of when when you're when you were first getting into this band in 1998 they were a mystery you didn't know anything about System of a Down. You yeah. didn't know who they weren't a band that you heard about before their album came out. And then they I never saw like interviews. They they weren't on MTV doing interviews about stuff, at least in the beginning. They seemed like this band where you're like, who who are these guys? Where did they come from? How did they come up with this sound? And 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 who is the genius that gave them a record deal <laughs> and put yeah. this shit out? Um, but it's one of those things where we talked about it already, where the, the, every song is unique to itself and every song has surprises musically, vocally, structurally. Um, and you get a little bit of the melodic side that you'll get later on with, with spiders. Um, but it's just one of those things where the fact that I, I am never bored anytime I listen to this album uh, it, it's just, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's a beautiful thing. And, and, and at the end of the day, the unpredictability of this album started to become less and less with their subsequent albums where that yeah. you, it was, it was easier to have an idea of where they were going to go. And sure, that's because you've already heard System of a Down. So I guess you kind of know the kind of things that they do. But even today, like listening to these albums again over the past couple weeks, um, I know these songs pretty well. And even, even I would find parts where I'd go, Oh, I forgot about it. It's like little things vocally and every it's, it's just, uh, um, the one that comes to mind that I had forgotten about that I love so much is in, um, is it, I don't know if it's in darts or I don't know what song it's in where he does the, a hit man, a nun lovers. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I always loved that delivery of that line yeah. of those lines, but yeah. So I, it, I don't really have a lot more to say. It, it's just one of those things where when I was trying to order the albums, this one was already at number one before I ever figured out what number two and three were going to be because um, it's one that I come back to over and over again. And it gives me the same sort of exhilaration that it did back then 
And um, it's a, I mean, it's up there with like the best debut albums, in my opinion. I don't think that there is a better example of a band that doesn't quite fit in coming out and making this uh, really odd album that somehow strikes a nerve. Ooh, we had thunder. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> cool. I, I did, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So so there's not not a whole lot more to add. I, I, I think it's the strongest collection of songs they ever did, and I, it's the the most interesting to listen to, even though, you know, there are aspects from other albums that I think, like, we, you know, Toxicity is better produced, and I don't think the the caliber of songwriting that they would get to with 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 uh, uh, Chop Suey and Toxicity that is easily not on this album. But mm. it's a different kind of high quality songwriting where it's more just taking chances. It, it, it almost feels effortless though. Like they're not trying to be weird. I don't think. I think that they just are a band that had so many ideas and these different individuals just had these different outlooks on things. And they all, um, um, once again, I don't know how much they pull in from their own culture, but, um, it seems like that's a really big character in their stuff. I mean, probably why they're not tied to the same, um, you know, limits and rules that a lot of other metal bands were tied to. And so yeah. the fact that they did all that with their first album is pretty fucking amazing. And so that's why it's my number one. For sure. And, you know, like we say, those top three, especially, they could be in any order and I would not be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, if, if maybe if I saw Hypnotize or steal, steal this album at like number two, I would be kind of <laughs> like... Huh? Like, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, we've 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 cranked them, we've ranked them, um, <laughs> and it's and it's an incredibly strong body of work. Like, yes, they could have churned out five extra albums that were just paling in comparison. But you know, fifteen years later, we've still got these five albums. And they're still extremely good. Yeah. I don't think... They never put a bad album out. No. You know, even still this album, which it feels a bit all over the place, is still... It, you know, many lesser bands would kill to have material that good. Okay. Oh, I agree. And also, um, talking about the passage of time, I think the thing that's going to be a, a huge... Um, win for System of a Down in the future is that this music doesn't sound tied to a time period for me. No, it it it, it like even though there you could point out new metal elements, it, it, it this I mean obviously I can't hear these things with a fresh mind ever again, <laughs> but but nothing about it strikes me as like all oh, this easily sounds like late nineties early two thousands. It uh, it doesn't. It just sounds like System of a Down, and I think that that's why. They'll probably be a band that gets rediscovered like like all the best bands with generations to come because it's going to be one of the few things that as other things start to age and sound old, System yeah. of a Down is always going to sound like System of a Down. And that's pretty amazing. That's, you know, it, that's, that's a nice way to wrap this one up because their legacy, 
isn't tarred with any kind of turds, really. <laughs> you know, yeah. where, whereas, you know, with some other bands, they've put out a few <laughs> records, but... They, they, don't, they don't have a Saint Anger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. This music sounds like something that could come out tomorrow. And I think that's testament to how unique they really are. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so that's that's uh, that's our our ranking of the system of a down discography. Um, for those of you who are listening, I hope this was a welcomed uh, sort of turn into the more modern age. Like I know we've talked about albums that were done more recently, but this is the first band that we've done that started in the '90s. I don't think we've done a band that started in the night. Maybe Ugly Kid Joe. Um, but that they may have even been late eighties, but I think they um, were 89. So, yeah, so, so this, just, so this is nine, you know, nineteen eight ninety seven ninety eight or whatever, when these guys started. And so, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you dug it. If you're a fan of system of a down, um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, go ahead and, uh, talk about why I was wrong to put toxicity <laughs> at number three. If there's anything I've learned from album rankings is that there'll be that one album that 50 people will be like, I just can't even take you seriously because you put this album that low. <laughs> so, so if that's you, go ahead, go ahead. I, I deserve it. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, we can all agree that um, they're an amazing band and, they did nothing but great shit that varied from amazing to pretty goddamn great. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's the, that's all for this uh, episode of, uh, of cranked and ranked Eddie, you have anything else to add? No, not really. All I want to say is that, you know, 10 years on toxicity still blows me away. And, um, all of their albums really are incredibly consistent bodies of work. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and for those of you, uh, I, I mean, I guess it might it might be similar in the UK, but uh, uh, in America, um, even still today, they're trying to build a prison for you and me to live in. Are you in the middle of living? It's still it's still going on, and my cock is much bigger than yours. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, my shit stinks much better than yours. Um, <laughs> With the feeling so, so pure. <laughs> this is fucking chaos. all right folks um uh, that's all we got thank you very much for listening eddie take us out later dude